Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Good evening, Dr. Novikova. How are you doing this evening? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Patricia? Excellent, thank you. And we really appreciate uh, taking your time to shed some light on uh, hysterectomies. And um, before we even go further, I'd like us to find out more about the work that you do as a gynecologist and also uh, an anesthetist and endoscopic surgeon. I've been in gynecology for many years. I come from Ukraine and I lived in South Africa for about 10 years. Various issues. Okay. The reproductive health. Um, my practice... I have two practices actually, one in Johannesburg in Senton area and in Cape Town in Gardens area. I've been in private practice uh, for about five years and my special interests are surgery in such a way that it causes least pain post uh, procedure and the quickest recovery. And we can do hysterectomies. I also practice cosmetic gynecology. There are many women who, as a all kinds of. It seems we're having issues with our lines, uh, Dr. Nokovica. Um, okay. Uh, and, and I'm going to ask Ben to just uh, evaluate what's going on. A-teamers, please do stay with us as we're going to be speaking about hysterectomies. And you can call in on 011-714-2006. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Dooley, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. This is the Late Night Conversations. We are speaking Closet Conversations. My name is Patricia Dooley, and I'd like to remind all our sensitive uh, listeners and anyone under the age of 18 that this time of the program is not suitable for you. So please do not be tuned in because we are speaking about sensitive issues. We're having issues with our lines a bit earlier on because of network connection issues. But uh, we're all back up. Uh, Dr. Natalia Novikova is a gynecologist, and we are talking about hysterectomies. Thank you very much for uh, coming back to us, uh, Dr. Novikova. Hello, yes, I'm back. Excellent. So you were telling us about uh, your, your your background and the work that you do in gynecology. Yes, I'm a, um, I'm a medical doctor, gynecologist, working in Cape Town, in Gardens area, and I also have practice uh, in Johannesburg and Senton area. I'm based in Cape Town, that's where I live, and I come from Ukraine, as some of you might be curious about my accent. I've been in South Africa for about 10 years and worked in private practice in Cape Town uh, for five years. I specialize in minimally invasive surgery um, and uh, pelvic floor disorders such as incontinence, uh, menopause, as well as cosmetic gynecology, which is quite a new field, an interesting field. Uh, I know you would like to speak about hysterectomies, and um, hysterectomies is very common. It's actually the most common procedure done for women, and one in nine women would have a hysterectomy in their life. 
Um, so it's something that we do quite commonly, and not just in South Africa, but actually all over the world. I'd like to know what some of the conditions are that may require a hysterectomy. Generally, women would uh, have a hysterectomy because of abnormal bleeding, so very heavy menstrual periods and very painful menstrual periods that we would have treated with non-surgical options such as uh, medications, non-hormonal medications, hormonal medications, and possibly smaller surgical options such as ablation procedure, and we failed. Uh, those non-invasive procedures and then we would proceed to a hysterectomy. Women with cancer would have a hysterectomy. It could be cancer of the uterus, of the ovaries, of the cervix. Endometriosis uh, at times ends up in the hysterectomy, so it's another condition that is quite common and is associated with extremely painful periods. Sometimes women who have prolapse, so kind of falling out of their internal organs or sagging of pelvic floor, uh, would choose to have a hysterectomy as part of their pelvic floor uh, repair. Rarely I see women who choose to have a hysterectomy for no reason whatsoever or maybe just for contraceptive reason. So they may not have may not want to have children and may not want to have periods ever uh, and there are other options but hysterectomy for such women but uh, they decide to have a hysterectomy and at times uh, kind of disabled um, women choose to have this procedure because of convenience of stopping periods and not falling pregnant now, now, Dr. Novikova, when we're talking about uh, some of these conditions, they seem like they are conditions that could impair on your day-to-day living, even on your sexual life as a woman. Absolutely. It's not pleasant to bleed every day of the month or most days of the month or have uh, a lot of pain during your periods. Um, the heavy bleeding can cause anemia and uh, extreme tiredness. And other conditions such as prolapse uh, will cause sexual pain as well as discomfort during intercourse. And dermatiosis is also a condition that causes a lot of pain and pain during sex. So there is a lot of issues that women suffer from on a day-to-day basis. And all the hysterectomy is not um, pure for all of it. It is uh, an excellent choice for some of those conditions for particular patients. Mm. Now, now, now let's talk about um, during the time where you have not yet been discovered that uh, you could be a, a good candidate for a hysterectomy. Um, what should a woman be doing or where should a woman be going to, to seek assistance if they realize that they are extremely, um, you know, ex- experiencing extreme pain or perhaps they are, um, you know, not in, you know, having constant bleeding or even during sex, things are just not working well. What should they be doing during that time before they get diagnosed? Well, to start with, they could see their general practitioner uh, to discuss their issues and get a referral to a gynecologist. Or if they have a gynecologist, they should see their specialist uh, when they discover that they start experiencing problems and get a full checkup. So they would have uh, a history taken, an examination, they would have a pelvic ultrasound, potentially 
blood tests, pap smear, and whatever other tests are indicated for a particular condition. And the doctor would then explain uh, what the diagnosis is and what are the treatment options are. And it could, as I mentioned before, it could be all kinds of treatments. Could be uh, hormonal, non-hormonal, surgical, non-surgical. And we would go through all of those and start. Usually, advice to start with simpler options, especially if we are not dealing with the cancer and progress to a little bit more invasive ones if the simpler uh, treatments don't work. And we, of course, would take into consideration what treatments women uh, already had for their condition. So to start with, uh, see a doctor, whatever doctor you can find, whatever appointment you can get. Uh, of course, if it's a gynecological problem, ideally a gynecologist uh, would be helpful. If you can't get to the gynecologist, then your general practitioner or family doctor who would direct you further. Well, I'd like us to go to the lines. I've got Colin here. And A-teamers, let me remind you that uh, you can also join in on the conversation. Ask your questions on 011-714-2006 or even WhatsApp 614 We are talking to Dr. Natalia Novikova, um, who is a gynecologist, and we're talking about hysterectomies. Colin, good evening. Good evening. Uh, Patricia. Yes, Colin. Your producer is so shocked I'm going to talk about this subject. No, not at all. I mean, Being a male, me, on, men, men have women in their lives. They've got yeah, mothers, sisters, aunts, and partners. When, when I asked him, he said, Colin, I'm so shocked you're going to talk about women, KD, and all of that. <laughs> now, just correct him, please. Now, what I want to ask you, um, and your guest, doctor, uh, is there a law that um, if you have cerebral palsy, um, girls or even males, can a parent actually have um, have them um, sterilized at a certain age? Because um, why I ask this question? is that um, a friend of mine and his daughter turned 18, 19 and he said no and his wife said we must have her sterilized just in case something happens. Mm-hmm. No, a cerebral yeah. palsy. Now I would like to know from your doctor does she know is a parent allowed to do that? or not. Thank yes. you for the question, uh, Colin. Let's allow uh, Dr. Novikova to answer. Thank you. It's a very good question. Yes, uh, the parent or the guardian is allowed to choose for uh, this person to have a sterilization. And if, for example, the same person would uh, this girl with a or woman with a cerebral palsy uh, then developed heavy periods so that parents can choose for her to even have a hysterectomy if that's the only treatment we can subject her to for those heavy periods. Mm. All right. So because the there is a lot of inconvenience with bleeding, falling pregnant uh, when you are you've got cerebral palsy or another severe disability where childbearing could be even life-threatening or 
extremely difficult and challenging. Would even the public sector permit for this for for those who don't have access to private health care? Yes, definitely. I worked in Eastern Cape in a couple of hospitals and we definitely did those procedures. Well, uh, uh, Doctor, let's talk about the prevalence. You mentioned that nine out of uh, a couple of women would uh, have um, to have this procedure done on them. So is there an age where women should be looking out for some of the signs and symptoms of possibly um, considering to have a hysterectomy? I think if you have no issues and you have no complaints and you're living happily, important thing is just to have your regular checkups. Pap smears, mammograms, bone density after the age of 50, mammogram after the age of 40, and pap smear every few years uh, from the age of 25 to uh, all the age. Um, and that would be enough, and you don't need to have a hysterectomy for any reason if you are well. However, if you develop complaints and symptoms that are new and unusual, then you would have to see a doctor and look into your options of what treatments you can get for whatever condition it is. Okay, so I'm getting a question from an A-teamer who's asking, Patricia, what is a hysterectomy? So perhaps, doctor, it's the time for you to explain this one. <laughs> Here you go. We're talking scientific terms without... Yeah, and I'm taking it for are. granted because I'm a woman and I know what the term is, but <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> there's a lot of other people asking themselves, what are they on about? So hysterectomy is a surgical procedure to remove the womb, so to remove the uterus. And the outcome of that procedure is that woman will never have a period again, she'll never have a bleeding again, and she can't carry a child. But but this obviously is different from uh, uh, sterilization, correct? It is very different to sterilization. Sterilization is a procedure where we tie or cut fallopian tubes. And the tubes are in between the uterus or womb and the ovary. So that procedure stops one falling pregnant. Uh, Sterilization is not reversible. However, many, many women who had sterilization would try to get it reversed because they meet a new partner, their life circumstances change, and they decide that they want to have another child. Um, If you have a sterilization, the way to have a baby is to do an IVF procedure or in vitro fertilization. So you don't need tubes. You just get an egg from the woman, sperm from the man, put them in the uterus, put the embryo in the uterus, and that's how you get the baby if you had sterilization. However, if we remove the uterus, having a baby is not an option because there isn't uh, a uterus anymore for baby to grow in. Mm. Unless we perform uterine transplant, which we don't do in South Africa. Now, obviously, there's also different types of hysterectomies. Could you tell us about them? Uh, yes, there is three w- different ways of doing hysterectomy. One is a vaginal hysterectomy where we perform the procedure without any cuts on the tummy but through the vagina. Uh, and I, it's definitely my favorite <laughs> procedure ever. Uh, it allows a woman a quick recovery and it's only possible for a certain size of the uterus. 
we can perform hysterectomy laparoscopically or with a keyhole surgery where we make small cuts on the tummy, uh, belly button and sides of the tummy, blow up the tummy with a gas uh, to allow us to see inside and remove the uterus. Then the next option is a laparotomy or having a bigger cut on the tummy and we perform abdominal hysterectomy or same cut as a cesarean cut for example for women who have uteruses of a very large size or cancer or maybe a few other conditions which are not suitable for minimally invasive surgery such as vaginal or laparoscopic we are talking. Is, yeah, go ahead, doctor. Yes, yeah, so this uh, is the types of hysterectomies in terms of how we perform them, and the other uh, distinguishable features are removing the ovaries with the uterus or leaving them behind. And in majority of cases, we would only remove the uterus if the problem we are treating is in the uterus or in the cervix. And we would leave the ovaries because ovaries produce hormones. And hormones such as estrogen, progesterone will still be there even when the uterus is gone and they're good for women. I'm glad you spoke about hormones because that's another thing that I wanted to come to. The fact that once you've had a hysterectomy, whether, um, I mean, you mentioned three different procedures, would the hormones be affected? No. Only if we remove the ovaries together with the uterus, the hormones will be affected. But if we don't remove the ovaries, everything stays the same. So women may even feel cyclical changes every month, but they just won't have the bleeding. And and in terms of the sexual satisfaction, does that change after hysterectomy? Not at all. Not at all. There have been multiple studies done on the subject. And in fact, many women would report that the sexual life has improved because before hysterectomy, they bleed for 20 days out of 30 or they have pain uh, or they have some other discomforts. And if hysterectomy treats that condition, then the sex becomes better. And for the men, I mean, okay, so you know how there's always um, these myths and urban legends that once a woman has removed uh, her womb, then, well, her her vagina is going to be affected. It's going to be a gaping um, hole and it won't be satisfactory for the man. Is this true? No, that's not true at all because uterus is kind of up in the tummy. It's not really part of uh, sex, uh, kind of. So penis goes into the vagina, uh, all the nerves, uh, clitoris, uh, and uh, tissue that um, is uh, sensitive uh, during sexual intercourse for women is not really related to the uterus. It's in the vagina and more so on the external area, valvo area where the clitoris is and labia and vaginal opening. And removing uterus will not change that at all. And for men, the the only real difference is that the cervix is not there because we remove it with the uterus most of the time. But it doesn't really change anything uh, as long as vaginal length is the same as it was before. It all remains the same. And we don't really operate on the vaginas when we remove the uterus. So it's just one organ gone, not, no, nothing happens to other organs. Let's
take a step back. You said the cervix is removed most of the time when you uh, do this procedure. And the man might feel this. What would the difference be? Would it be less pleasurable or... Oh, what would no, the experience it won't be? be? So, it's, a cervix is a little ball uh, that is uh, it's like a neck of the womb. And some people might feel it in the vagina, but it doesn't add to pleasure. It's just there. And whether it's there or not, it won't change the actual pleasure. Ah, it's just there. Let me go to a voice note from our A-teamers. Remember, A-teamers, joining in the conversation. Um, we're talking about the removal of the womb in simple terms, but uh, medically it's called a hysterectomy. And we are talking to Dr. Natalia Novikova, who's a gynecologist. The number two dial for WhatsApp is 0614-104-107, or you can call in on 011-714-2006. Good evening, Patricia and the good doctor. I want to remain anonymous. I've got a question to ask. I was once married. My first wife used to go for a period for three days. And this second wife I have now, she's going seven days. So I am always wondering, which is the normal way of the period of a woman? Thank you. Can you take that for us, please, Dr. Novikova? Uh, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, three days is normal and seven days is normal, but over seven days is a prolonged period. So anything between one to seven days would be a normal menstrual period. And there is ways to make it shorter. Oh, tell us about those ways. The gents and the <laughs> ladies are waiting to hear. Well, it will be some type of hormonal treatment. So it will be a contraceptive pill or Mirena IUD or Kailina IUD, intrauterine contraceptive device or a loop that contains progesterone and that would stop the periods or make them shorter and lighter. Mm, okay, so gents and ladies, you've heard it. If you want those periods to be shorter and lighter, there are interventions medically so see your gynecologist i've got another question here from an anonymous uh, who sent in a whatsapp who says uh patricia my wife has done that procedure before what transpired after the operation sex is painful she's dry most of the time and she avoids sex what could be the cause she is 54 years old what can she do um to make things back to normal okay thank you I'll go with an assumption that uh, possibly this woman has reached menopause either because of hysterectomy and ovaries being removed or sometimes we leave the ovaries behind but blood supply to the ovaries get disturbed with the surgery and women get into menopause. And in any case, the average age of menopause is 51. So we would presume that this woman is, men is menopausal. And what happens is that estrogen levels drop that leads to thinning of our skin everywhere, including the vaginal skin. And as the skin gets thinner, it becomes more sensitive, it's, it's very dry, and intercourse becomes painful. As it becomes painful, women start avoiding it. And we certainly have treatments for this condition. We use vaginal estrogen uh, to help to restore the vaginal skin and make it healthy and just how it was. 
and there is other options, um, non-invasive options such as laser treatments, radiofrequency treatments for uh, vaginal atrophy. So this is a condition that we call vaginal atrophy or genitourinary syndrome of menopause in a scientific way. Uh, so she should see a gynecologist and we can definitely help her. Let's take a bit of a break. We'll be back. We're talking hysterectomies with Dr. Natalia Novikova, who's a gynecologist. And uh, I'd like to hear from you, uh, A-teamers, 011-714-2006 or on WhatsApp, 0614-104-107. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Dooley. We are talking to Dr. Natalia Novikova, who's a gynecologist, about her hysterectomies. On the line, I've got Joseph, who's an A-teamer. Good evening, Joseph. Good evening, Joseph. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, ma'am, uh, I have a question. Go uh, ahead. Yes, ma'am. Um, I don't know if you could please ask your guest. Uh, um, if um, the removal of a um, womb, if I may say, mm-hmm. yeah, but I think uh, in normal times we say uretus stuff, yes. Uh, does it have uh, anything to do with um, the back of my side? Like just uh, maybe that I'm talking. I didn't get your question. Does it have to do with what, Joseph? Uh, my anus. Sorry. Yes. You, yes. as a man, does the yes. removal of a woman's womb have anything to do with your anus? No, 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 not specifically as a man. But does it have to do with um, a woman's anus? Then let me say, my sister. Because I think those things are more like uh, uh, they, 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 they are more uh, related. Okay, Joseph. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM. 107 FM in Gruenstadt. Joseph, um, thank you for your question. Um, doctor, <laughs> I just can't. Doctor, maybe you can help me understand because for me, Joseph's question, <laughs> it just, it put me on a tailspin because I'm asking myself, Ben and Phoenix are asking themselves, um, <laughs> <laughs> the anus and the womb, are they interlinked? Is, do they have anything to do with each other? Uh, not in a normal situation. It's only if there is a problem. No, they don't have anything to do with each other. So the vagina is connected to the uterus. The anus is connected to the bowel. They're next to each other, but they're not interconnected. 
So you say only if there's a problem. What sort of problems should we look out for? <laughs> no, you can't look out for it. If there is a fistula between the bowel and the vagina, then they will be interconnected. And fistula would develop, it's like a terrible condition from childbirth, from surgery, from cancer. So it's like quite bad. Okay, so um, I've got a question here from an A-teamer. Joseph, thank you for your question. And I, I simply laughed because I just could not see the correlation. And uh, according to doctor, clearly there isn't any unless there's really, really a condition there. Um, Anonymous, who's in Maseru, says, I've recently started ARVs and isonosed treatment for the prevention of latent pneumonia. So the problem is that they are now blocking my periods. Should I be worried? It's quite common for uh, women not to have periods on ARVs. Uh, should you be worried? I think it requires just like a checkup and seeing what's going on with hormones and uh, also working out how old you are, what's your plans for having children. Um, overall, no, it's not a worry, but we have to make sure you're not pregnant. There isn't any other conditions that are in place causing your periods to disappear. And we would then put it down to ARVs and advise to con- definitely to continue with ARVs. Okay. Um, I see someone else here on uh, uh, on, on our uh, WhatsApp is just yeah laughing and saying, Patricia, we can't help it. Okay, I understand. Yeah, we understand. We understand. Joseph, we understand. Another question here uh, says, I did a hysterectomy in uh, 2019 and I feel pain on my pelvic. And if um, there's a lot of gas, it's even more painful. What is the cause of this? I don't, I'm not sure it would be related to a hysterectomy. One would need an assessment to work out what the cause of pain. I'm just picking up on the gas and the pain, and that would be related most likely to something like irritable bowel syndrome or IBS, uh, when um, there is a lot of bloating from uh, eat, uh, eating food uh, rich in gluten or sometimes women feel bloated in a, at a particular ty- time of their cycle closer to their period because of hormonal changes and um, that would be the cause of the pain so actual gas and bloating causes pain uh, to treat it we would uh, advise potentially on dietary lifestyle changes uh, and if we excluded other problems that might be causing this condition. Okay, so sometimes it's dietary issues that are causing this condition. <clears throat> Doc, I'd like us to look at, um, you know, are there any risks associated to having this procedure? Absolutely. Uh, any surgical procedure has risks. And, uh, you know, as I tell my patients, even driving to the hospital to have a hysterectomy has a risk. You might have motor vehicle accident. <laughs> but uh, in terms of uh, actual procedure, uh, there are common risks such as infection. Uh, bleeding is less common, but it is a risk, risk of clots. Uh, after the procedure, um, uh, there is risk of anesthesia. Uh, there is a risk that uh, you might develop new pain that you haven't had before surgery. So there is multiple risks, but overall, it's a safe procedure. Um, the risks would also depend on um, the health of the person. So someone who is, for example, um, obese or has, has obesity or diabetes or particular heart disease 
is definitely at a higher risk of complications from surgical procedure in comparison to a healthy person who does not have any comorbidities. Someone who had many surgeries before would be at high risk uh, of uh, complications as well. So we would assess a risk of a hysterectomy for a particular person in individual manner and advise accordingly. So um, Mzu says, uh, that guy Joseph made me laugh as well. Um, because if your neighbor shifts uh, to somewhere else, that doesn't affect you. Yo, uh, uh, Joseph, I think a lot of people <laughs> on the A-team are, are really, yeah, and uh, are really, yeah, having a good evening because of you. <laughs> Let's go to a voice note. No, I think, I think what a gentleman is trying to, the last caller was trying to find out, is whether when a woman's womb is removed, does it have any side effect? Because uh, I have also been having that uh, problem on my mind. Uh, my, my wife went through Caesar and had two children. So we are told uh, normally when you go through, when you deliver through Caesar, uh, you have only three chances. So meaning the third chance, uh, the, the womb may have to be sort of uh, removed or blocked, something of that nature. So we were wondering, wouldn't that uh, removal of the womb or blocking of the tube or whatever have any side effect, development, wouldn't it develop into some kind of health problem in future? My name is Sector. Thank you very much, Sector. Let's allow Dr. Novikova to respond to that. And I think it's it's two layered. It's around the uh, C sections for I mean for 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 the wife, and also then the removal of the womb after the said number. Yes. So C section, and I understand. It is probably more of um, advice on sterilization or blocking the tubes so the wife doesn't fall pregnant again because of the potential risk of future cesarean sections. Uh, so if we are speaking about sterilization or blocking the tubes not to fall pregnant again, uh, the risks of that procedure is at times women have heavier periods after sterilization. If we are talking about hysterectomy, we've discussed it. Uh, we usually perform hysterectomies for a reason to treat whatever condition is there, and once so it's necessary. And we we just we don't do it just because a woman wants to. It's usually to treat the condition, and once we treat the condition, it helps with the symptoms, and she feels better. And we would take into account her risks of surgery and her. Uh, benefits of this particular surgery and decide whether they should proceed or not. Uh, would woman have risks if she has a hysterectomy? Well, it depends, but uh, it's, it's difficult to answer in general. But for someone who has a big fibroid and a lot of bleeding and a lot of pain, we remove the uterus, we change their life, it becomes so much better. 
Dr. Novikova, thank you so very much for joining us. It's already two minutes after midnight. We really appreciate your time. Could you give us contact details or even your website where our A-teamers would be able to reach you? Absolutely. My website is drnovikova.coza. So it's just the way you hear it. Uh, N-O-V-I-K-O-V-A. That's my surname. Uh, my uh, Instagram uh, page is Dr. Natalia Novikova, and we also um, have a link to Gaini Taboos. Excellent. We really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Dr. Novikova. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, I think I think Joseph made both our nights, didn't he? Absolutely. <laughs> thank, thank you, you Joseph. Very much. Thanks to Joseph, really. Uh, thank you very much, Joseph. And thank you, Dr. Novikova. Looking forward to us speaking about a lot of other issues because you deal with uh, many, many uh, issues around uh, uh, the woman's uh, reproductive health. And uh, this is something we all need to be understanding. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> that was uh, Dr. Natalia Novikova, who's a gynecologist. Really had a good time, A-teamers. Thank you so very much uh, for joining us. And please make sure that you continue to join us. We'll be back again from 10 p.m. until midnight. And uh, remember, Sound Awake is going to come up at 3 a.m. until 5 a.m. with Mandla Shongwe. So please do tune in. From us, may goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.